Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down again with Mr. Keith Myers. How's it going, Keith? <laughs> Oh, I like that intro. Um, it's, I'm doing good. It's um, got that um, post-holiday thing going on where um, uh, I've had a lot of sugar. And um, and I'm growing and, and something on my and, face and I refuse to shave because it's just too much trouble. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that time of the year where it is. there's no other public appearances other than to your own family and, and they well, love and you the, no matter what. So And this show. Yeah. There's that. Um, oh yeah. We are, yeah 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 because we are you know we do we do post this on youtube now so um everyone gets to to look at us so um but anyways so let's uh see so let's lost. talk yeah yeah let's talk seahawks football for seahawks a while lost, and then and we'll was, have some fun <laughs> yeah um they lost they lost a game they should have never lost it was absolutely terrible they lost by one point because the defense decided not to stop anyone they had a 10 point lead with seven something left in the game uh missed a field goal which would have put him up by 13 and then the defense decided to stop playing and gave up um to, you know, to nick Foles. to nick Foles. um you know gave up 11 points including a two-point and, conversion and, and you know well over 100 yards in the last you know seven minutes and yeah, and uh, two scoring drives and one two point conversion, and there you go. Yep, it it's just one of those deals where it almost exemplifies the entire season in the last quarter. Uh, time of possession mm-hmm. uh, was was completely lopsided. Uh, you know, the offense had some early success and then couldn't do anything. Uh, I texted you, you know, at the last drive there where there's a minute to go couple timeouts uh we need to get you know about flip the field about 35 yards in order to to get in a position where we need a field goal and i said you know these this is one of the most least confident times that i've had in 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 years where i just don't feel like they could they can finish the game Mm-mm. and, and, they sure, been able to and, finish all and sure enough you know you put russell wilson in any conversation with any great finisher that we've had in the last 10 years in this league and there's just nothing there. Uh, and, and I thought, man, that's just the whole season right there. Yeah. And yeah, it's really so frustrating because we are clearly a better team with the inability to, to finish uh, both offensively and defensively is, 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 is tough. I mean, I can understand why fans feel so frustrated. It just, it really is frustrating. Yeah, um, it's extremely frustrating. So yeah. there, there, there are two things that came out of the game um, that I I took away from this one is that this game really demonstrated how much the time of possession problem is on the defense because the Seahawks did a good job of of moving the ball they took a bunch of they got a bunch of third down conversions they were taking what the defense gave them instead of going everything big play um, they ran the ball really effectively Rashad Penny and this my second take is that Rashad Penny actually looks like a running back that you could 
use. And this has been the first time um, he's got, he's got about half as many uh, total yards in the last four games as he has in his entire career before that. Um, so he's like 900. Yeah, he went actually just fun to watch in this game, you know, just yeah. a fun running back with a lot of upside, a lot of potential, any other teams out there, not named the Seahawks are probably looking at free agency going, you know, we could give that guy a one or two year deal and he could come out and see if it works for us as well. Uh, the other thing to think about too, is Seattle is in the same boat. Uh, if Rashad Penny wants to stick around for another year. I think Seahawks would be wise at least to throw him a one year deal yeah. to see if he can stay on the field and prove it um, and help the Seahawks mm-hmm. out next year. I think it would be a win-win for both the player and the team. Yep. So we'll the, just um, see. The Penny-Dallas combination is working. Um, and I'm I'd like to have the, the Carson-Penny combination. Um, yeah. Know, I wouldn't mind having both those guys back. Now, Chris Carson is under contract next year. We'll see how that plays out as far as the, the cap space and so forth. He's but just not healthy. He's not um, healthy, and the neck might prevent him from playing anyway. We'll have to wait and see. But anyway, so I, I, I stopped my – I interrupted myself um, with my second point before I finished my first point. The first point is that the offense did what it needed to do. It ran the ball. It had put, strung together drives. It had third-down confusions. And the um, overall time of possession was still skewed very hard to the Bears because the defense simply couldn't get off the field on third down. Just – over and over and over again. They they were great on first and second down and then gave up the third down conversion. And it just happened repeatedly. And the Bears were able to hold onto the ball for way too long. This defense just can't get off the field. And that yeah. that's a scheme problem. It's also in places a talent problem, but it's also a scheme problem. They're playing way too soft and it's it's hurting them. You know, and before the game, you you lo- in your brain you're you're wanting to say, Well, we're a better team than Chicago. But the fact of the matter is, we're five and ten. Yeah, we're five and ten. We're five and ten for a reason, and the reason mm-hmm. is defense. Uh, while statistically uh, points scored against them is pretty ab- above average, everything else though is below average. On yeah. the, on so the they, the 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 quote "bend but don't break" um, doesn't work when you're bending so far. You're they're getting down, you know, into the red zone on these you know, 12 play, 10 play drives that last yes. six minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. And then, oh, you say you, you hold them to a field goal. Great. But your offense hasn't been on the field. And at the end of the game, you've been on the field as a defense for so long. You've got nothing left in the tank. You've got to be able to get off the field. A bend but don't break means that, you know, you, um, you do give up some yards, but you give up yards from, you know, 25 to the 50. Yes. Um, or, you know, to the 40 and then you, you, you force a punt or, or a long field goal try or whatever. You don't give up yards from the, the uh, five all the way down to the five over 10 minutes. And then finally, you know, decide you want to play defense. Um, and that's what the CX defense does is they, they just cannot get off the field. But anyways, that's not what today's show is about. Today's yeah. show, today's show, um, we're so over the, the 2021 season. Bingo that we have decided that this this week's show is going to be our first look at mock drafts. And um, Bill and I have each done our own and mock draft. Um, looking ahead to next year, because this is a team where the season is over. The season has been over, um, but now it's 
I don't even like, it's one of those it's, things. It's know. statistically mathematically over at this. Yeah. Point. So they, they've been, they've been eliminated from the playoff uh, push. So these last couple games mean nothing for the team other than the possibility of playing spoiler um, for Arizona, but. So we might as well have some fun. Yeah. We might as well have, have some fun, fun, you know, and, and there's so much time now to speculate, to talk mm-hmm. about coaching, uh, to talk about players, to talk about Russell Wilson, to talk about all of it that uh, we thought we'd just throw it out this week and start with a little bit of fun, some off-season uh, meanderings as far as player uh, needs, team needs, et cetera. Um, we kind of know what we're going to have to, to uh, face. We've got free agency coming up. A number of players are uh, off contract now. Um, so we've got that component. We've got the NFL draft, which is uh, coming up the last weekend of April. Before that, we've got the combine, a few senior, you know, few bowl games uh, to evaluate East West Shrine, senior bowl, um, and then all of the college football playoff type stuff and bowl games uh, remaining this week and then after the first of the year. So there's a lot of evaluation opportunities between now and, um, and the draft. But this is our first mock 1.0. We've had some early looks, Keith, um, as far as our, our other NFL show is concerned to look into a few position groups so far. We've got a few, uh, obviously, to go. Um, but we've had a chance to, to kind of dig in a little bit um, as far as mock drafts are concerned. We've done a few uh, privately. Uh, but this is the first one where we've, we're going to kind of come out with, uh, with one. You're coming out with yours. I'm coming out with mine. Let's take a look at yours first and just kind of go through it. We can go back and forth if you want, pick for pick. Uh, I did mine a little bit differently. I threw a trade in there. Um, you did not. Um, I did not of, simply for time purposes. Um, yes. So why don't and, we just go through yours? Yeah. Let's and do that. Um, and we can kind of take a look at it and and run through them pick by pick and why you did what you did. Okay. So if we were to look at mine, so I I did not trade anything. I just went with with um, the picks that Seahawks have now, which only gave me six picks. And you know, John Snyder is not going to do that. He's going to. There'll be some trades that'll happen. There'll be some moving around. There might also be some players traded in order to acquire more draft capital um, here. And so we'll kind of see what happens, but um, I just used their picks as they had. And looking at this, it should be no surprise what I did. Um, I went after um, the trenches, which is where the Seahawks need the most work, uh, specifically offensive line. And then I also looked at, um, at cornerback because I thought they, this team, you know, obviously needs some help back there because they've, uh, Trey Brown, after the patellar tendon injury, you don't know what he's going to be like next year. And so they need a, they need a starter um, opposite uh, DJ Reed, and they need some depth. I mean, I like what Sidney Jones has done this year, and, um, you know, bless Austin and, and company have, have been have proven to be okay as um, as the season has gotten further in and it's gotten more acclimated, but I still think they need a, they need a top corner. So uh, I started this draft with... Um, Sean Ryan, offensive tackle out of UCLA, big guy, strong guy, absolute um, mauler as a run blocker, um, but also has the quick feet and ability to, uh, you know, set the you know set the edge and and be that blindside left tackle. Um, there was a lot of talk preseason that this guy might be a top ten pick. Um, and he hasn't quite lived up to that. And so he slid 
Um, a lot of mock drafts have him going in the teens or low twenties in uh, the one that I did here on the NFL mock draft uh, database simulator had him dropping. And so when he was there at 40, it was like a really easy selection to take him. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's left tackle of the future. And I think with the emergence of Jake Curran on the other side, that gives you three solid or two solid tackles and one developmental guy that can be your swing tackle for next year in Stone Forsyth. Uh, and with an opportunity to challenge um, Curran at the right on the right end and and or and and see what happens there. So uh, I really like that. Start there. Um, go with the young tackle to replace Brown, who's on a, on a uh, whose contract is is ending, and really kind of solidify that offensive line. With two new tackles going into next year. Um, so that was my first pick. Um, after that, I went um, Kyler Gordon out of uh, Washington. He's a little on the short side for what we would think of as a prototypical Seattle corner at only six foot. But if you look at Trey Brown and DJ Reed, the Seahawks have kind of ended that prototype. Um, and so, but he gives the Seahawks a guy with good quickness, good um, coverage ability. Um, you know, rather than being, you know, the big, strong guy that can, you know, that jams the receiver at the line and then and, and plays with length and said he plays with actual you know ability to shadow and 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 cover and and be really sticky in coverage the way that dj reed and, and trey brown have been but with a little bit more height um after that i we you and i just talked about cx have some a lot of question marks at running back penny has never stayed healthy until the last couple of games um carson's never stayed healthy Penny's also a free agent. Uh, that we who knows what they're going to do. So I started looking at at, at um, what can the CX do at running back, um, and I ended up settling on Rashad White uh, out of Arizona State, which is kind of a weird pick for the Seahawks, given that he is um, almost a wide receiver in terms of his talent set. I mean, you can line him up at wide receiver, you can move him around, you can place him anywhere, um, but given the offense and given if Shane Waldron was running this offense they want a guy that can do be more versatile do more things uh in the passing game and and that's what Rashad White is he can he's got the size and ability to run between the tackles run outside all those things um but he's not the pure power back that you're used to seeing in Seattle like Chris Carson who's going to run a lot of people over and said, he's going to make more people miss. Um, he's got the size and, and power to do some of those things, but it's not entirely his game. He's more shifty, better catcher, um, still has the ability to, to, to run inside. So uh, there, and then after that, Jarrett Patterson at Notre Dame, he's a center. Um, I think he's going to take a year to develop, but if you're already going with a, I like rookie, that pick. a rookie and another, um, you know, uh, first year starter as your two tackles um, you may not want to start a, a rookie at center also um, and so giving Patterson a chance to come in and develop for a few weeks uh, before inserting him into the starting lineup um, is kind of the, the path there and that gives them I mean right uh, that's that's a running back and two offensive linemen in my first four picks right so yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can see where, where my my view on this was and then, then I shift over to the defensive line 
um, and pick up a defensive tackle in Christopher Hilton. He's a guy that um, is kind of nose tackle-ish. It's going to remind people a little bit of um, Jerron Reed. Uh, and when he was the first couple of years, when he was the nose tackle before Puna Ford pushed him over into the three tech. Um, and, and so he's going to come in and, and, and fit right into that mix with him and him and Puna Ford um, will make a great combination on the interior there. And then finally in round seven, I wrapped up with the tight end in Derek Deese, who's more of a pass catching, you know, long arm guy with really soft hands. And I know the Seahawks already have three tight ends that they like, but it's the seventh round and well, that's where I had a hard time finding guys that, yeah. I liked that were still available. So um, I went with another tight end, which is another, you know, guy that plays on the line of scrimmage. Again, yeah. you can see where I, I see that Seattle's weaknesses are in the trenches. So yeah, yeah. that was my draft as I roll through that as fast as I could. That's um, funny. Well, I'm, you didn't you didn't have to go that fast. Now I'm out of breath and it's your turn to talk. So, <laughs> so show everybody your draft here, Bill. And and yeah. start with your start with your trade and, and what you did there. Okay. Well, I'm gonna hold on now. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hold on. Yeah. Why? I don't oh, want to hold on. I'm, I'm making an even uh, different graphic because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I, I can show both of them together and I'll add that. Just put yours up and start talking. <laughs> okay. So um, this is mine. All right. Okay. And I had a trade. Um, I went ahead and moved back a little bit in my, um, in my mock because um, I felt like I had... I don't know, three or four guys that I were on my list at 40 that I figured uh, could, by dropping back just four or five picks, I could still have uh, two or three that were remaining there. Um, I was like you, Keith, in the fact that I believe that we need to build this team on the inside out, um, in the trenches, on both sides of the ball. Uh, but this, uh, the draft does take place after free agency. So I think I was counting on filling a, a couple of those holes in my free agency class. So I traded back, picked up 
number 45 overall from the Atlanta Falcons, pick number 113 overall, and um, pick 151 as well. So picked up a couple extra picks from dropping down um, just once. Yeah, you only dropped down five spots, and you picked up, um, you know, 113 and 151. Those are valuable uh, spots, you know, uh, just outside the top 100 and just outside the, the top 150. And yeah. um, so... You're gonna get some players there, and I I wanted to solve the problems that you wanted to solve, and and uh, but I couldn't ignore the value that was on the board here. On a, in my view, probably the best running back in the class, as it fits the Seahawks' current offensive scheme. Yes, and that would be Isaiah Spiller out of mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Big body guy, um, thick frame, patience, vision, physical runner, physical runner. So to me. We've been lacking that over the last couple of years, not because Chris Carson doesn't run that way when he's available and on top of his game. It's that he's not available and he's not on top of his game. We haven't really seen the Chris Carson, ideal Chris Carson Seahawks running back for a couple of years. And we've just now seen Penny in the last four or five games emerge as somebody that um, that that shows that the opportunities have been there in our offense with no running backs to be able to take advantage of that um, as far as being healthy. So Isaiah Spiller comes in, fills that big need, big void that's been there for a while to come and run between the tackles for um, presumably at this point, but we just don't know. Pete Carroll offense, Shane Waldron's offense, help Russell Wilson um, allow the team to really operate the way that it's um, most effective. Which I is like a great, that player, great running game. Seahawk fans are gonna, gonna yeah. Kill well, I did. I, I picked up. A, I picked back. up a couple of picks, and it's mid second round. So it's not like it's <laughs> a first round pick, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a definitely a position of need. And what I've seen with picks like Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry out there, um, guys that really truly do make a difference in the NFL for for their respective teams, end up going in this range. They just do. And Isaiah Spiller is one of those players I think is going to be around the league for a while. If, you know, if he remains healthy, uh, a guy that can really make a difference for you um, that, uh, as a three down back in the NFL and, and the Seahawks need that. Yeah. Next pick, I went ahead and, and uh, went in, moved inside of the trenches. Uh, Jackson Kirkland, offensive tackle out of Washington was there. I think he's a ready-made pass blocker on the left side. Um, he's going to need some work. Uh, building some functional strength in the NFL um, to to become a road grader type guy. Uh, but they need that protection on the left side. Um, Brown is likely moving on in the offseason. Uh, Seattle needs to upgrade that spot. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't take care of that in free agency. Jackson uh, Kirkland is sitting there. Um, best value on the board at that spot. And uh, for my uh, third pick, I went with Henry To'o Oto out of Alabama. Um, he's their current middle linebacker, but he has a skill set that that looks like it, he might be able to transition as a um, kind of a weak side guy. Still off the ball, um, tremendous sideline to sideline speed. Um, he's just a really good football player, and so. Uh, so he was he was the best value on the board at that point. With picking a, another 
in our offline of scrimmage um, linebacker mm-hmm. where you've and already I got. Did, and I did back-to-back too. Be, and, got- and the only reason I did uh, Channing uh, Tyndall as well, who's a uh, linebacker in Georgia's scheme, is A, he's from Georgia, and B, he was the best player available on my board still at that point. And I, there really wasn't anybody else, and I didn't want to create another trade. Um, this is one of the weak points on my draft and why I ended up not liking my draft very much after I finished was because of this situation. Um, because essentially, um, Toyo, Toyo, Oto and Tyndall are the same player. Um, but I thought there's a chance that we are moving on possibly from Bobby Wagner. Um, one of these two or Jordan Brooks could, uh, take over the middle in Seattle's defense and the the other of the two could end up um you know being on the weak side and or the strong side just depending on how it all washes out for these guys I thought I'd bring them in they're uber athletic both of them with tons of speed I didn't think that you could go wrong with at least bringing in the speed on this on these two guys and and the football intelligence especially uh from Tyndall he's just a very smart and instinctual player um on the best college football defense in in football. So I was going to kind of ask if, if you thought either of them could play strong side because um, that's where they need the body. Mm-hmm. And, and and if they do move on from from Bobby Wagner, you've now got um, probably Brooks moving into the middle, and then right. you've got these exactly. guys being your two outside. Yes, um, outside. And guys. I would say Tyndall probably has the better skill set to do that. Interesting, interesting. Better better guy in coverage, dropping that's, back into coverage and rushing uh, the passer as well. Yeah, that's a lot of um that's a lot of athleticism between Brooks and those yes. two guys yes. uh, at linebacker. Yes. We would definitely be the most athletic uh linebacker group in the NFL. If if these two ended up in a in, you know, heavy mm-hmm. rotation. Uh, Riley Moss was the pick overall at 113, cornerback out of Iowa. He's a very scrappy, um, physical corner um, at, I think, 6'1", 195. He's got a little bit of room on his frame. Uh, Probably the best corner um, in his conference and uh, one of the best corners in in the league as far as just being a physical, sea hockey kind of cornerback. Um, he's got a little bit of length to him. He doesn't run. He's not tremendously speedy, but he's a very good tackler overall. Plays press and zone equally well. Good value at that point. Um, boy, uh, Moffey, uh, the edge defender out of Minnesota, is a value pick at that point. Um, one of the best edge defenders uh, remaining on the board and a good special teams value. Sven uh, Banks. Um, I thought is a is another great corner to have at that point in the draft. We're loading up the defensive backfield for the Seahawks in this offseason, and he's just another body to throw in there um, to compete for one of those five spots that the Seahawks definitely need. And then Christian Watson is one of those guys um, that I thought would would be a good value just to develop at at the end of the. Uh, at the end of the draft. And that's why I picked him up. Yeah. It's hard to, especially at this point in our draft prep uh, time to find players that we know and like at two twenty three. We're just not that deep in our, no. in our prep. Um, 
so that makes that that pretty hard i interesting you you talked about wanting to to load up um in the trenches and and you know fix that you've but you got two cornerbacks two linebackers and an edge defender no interior mm-hmm. um defensive lineman no interior um uh, offensive lineman um yeah i and i felt lucky to, to pick up two tackles in this draft you know it's it's just the way that the board fell um on my particular draft um i really kind of wanted to come out of there with uh um with your guy at center i thought he's he's probably the second or third best center in this draft and probably has an opportunity for whatever team drafts him to come in and and play right away he's got good experience there at notre dame and um and they develop linemen really well there so he's going to come in kind of ready made and i I wanted to see if I could try to fit him in somewhere. And I did on a few other mocks that I created this particular mock that I created. I just ran out of time. Uh, we were going to, we were going to record and I was busy doing some other things and I ended up settling on this one and, uh, truly seems like I settled, you know, it was one of those deals <laughs> where I just felt like, ah, I'm just not quite happy with it, but you know, so, it's, what it is. it's the first, that's, sometimes that's how the draft goes though, <laughs> is you, um, you go into it looking for certain things and, and you're just never in a position where the value is right to get the right player. And, and, yep. uh, and I, I didn't I want to spend a bunch of time trading, you know, I didn't yeah. want to, because I, that's just not realistic. And so yep. I kind of wanted to let the board come to me and, um, you know, it's interesting because the, the domino effect happens. So, um, by choosing spiller, then you're, and not an interior uh either defensive lineman or interior offensive lineman or or the best tackle available on the board or whatever it is the entire draft falls a, a certain way at that point um and that's what happened to me yeah because then you're stuck um making sure that you got one of those uh players um with your second pick you know yes. and when you, you got your tackle and then it's like okay now you're that you're down into the round three before you're right. really looking at okay what else is available right um, and this is kind of what we ran into when we were doing mock drafts and stuff last year for Seattle was that if they had if they went and addressed offensive line in the first round or the, their first pick um, instead of Eskridge and they went and yes. they, and they they drafted the offensive lineman there it seemed to open things up where they had more availability later um and, and, and more flexibility um but as we saw when we, we didn't do that and when the seahawks didn't do that and they they went and, and drafted eskridge they they got, got stuck at cornerback well. then yeah because basically what happened was there was um none of the players that could have come in and actually made an impact on the offensive line where they needed the help we're still on the board. Yep. So they're like, okay, what's available? And so they went and got um, a cornerback, which they needed and, and um, turned out to be a better player than, than I expected. Um, and uh, then they were all the way down in round six before they got their offensive lineman. And, you know, he was got the talent, but he's a massive project. And so um, yes. it ends right. up, you either right. do, you either get that player early or sometimes it just doesn't fall that you, you get that right. second. That's why I'm, there. I'm, I'm convinced, you know, based on that process last year. And of course we've been doing this for a long time. We kind of know how this works, you know, it's, it mm-hmm. is a, it is a game and it is a, um, a strategy, you know? And so I absolutely guarantee that John Schneider and company are running, 
you know, mock simulations all the time. And, and they're picking for all teams in all scenarios and they follow these things very closely. And so they know how things are going to play out, give or take, um, in, in different scenarios over and over again. I mean, they just leave nothing to chance. I, I'm, I'm convinced that they do. Now they may say they don't and they, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I, why wouldn't you, you know, my, that would be my question. Why wouldn't you take advantage of doing some of these simulations so that you can have an idea of where things are at, especially if you go on to like NFL mock draft database where the aggregate, there's aggregated data, big boards, mock drafts, these things will get better over time, tighter, closer to -hmm. where there's less and less left for chance. And so you kind of have an idea, give or take on a, you know, as large as this thing is, um, you know, different scenarios are playing out, um, in like a Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo scheme where it's just <laughs> right. You just kind of know at the end when, where things are going to kind of set up and that it turned out last year, pretty decent other than some, some risers and fallers that are outliers, you know, for the most part, but everything else is kind of pegged in, in value areas yeah. of the draft that you can kind of follow. Last year was also a weird year in terms of the COVID stuff where there were a lot fewer games for to scout for the, you know, the scouts and uh, they couldn't do the in-person workouts and, and interviews. Everything was Zoom or nothing. And, right. Which and, is, just, yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. And so uh, the Seahawks decided essentially to, to punt on the draft and they That's went exactly with. exactly right, Keith. They didn't, they didn't make any trades. They like, we have three they traded away a lot of their picks. So like we have three picks. They didn't make any trades during the draft. They just took players at those three positions. And they were like, they're, they were going to get players that they, that they liked. Um, but the number of players that they liked they were they had, um, a good opinion on were so few that they were like, yeah, we're just going to take these three players and get off, get out of here. Uh, and that's so different than normal where John Snyder's like wants nine or 10 selections in yes. every draft how do you see um, that playing out this year well we had I a think full, it's back it's back to kind of i think them we had trading a, back a few times to gain picks i don't know they had a full um a full college season in order to to scout players they're gonna have uh it looks like the combine is is going to go on like normal and so there's going to be uh some of the meetings and medical stuff and all that kind of stuff that's like normal uh and what we don't know is if the league's going to put some restrictions on the in-person visits but my guess is that they're not um and they're just going to tell teams you know you be careful and and um, take care of if you invite someone in make sure that um everyone does their their thing um uh, put that new so, graphic up there too um just to um that we can so see, i i think this is going to be side by side i think it's going to be a more normal draft i also think the seahawks are going to be drafting in the upper portions of each round, which they're not used to, um, you know, 40 is true. Yes. Is, is, is where they, when they would trade back out of the back end of round one, they would trade, you know, from 28 or 29 down into the mid to late thirties, forties, about that same spot. That's usually their target as they trade back. So are they going to trade back further? Like you did to 45? I don't know. Um, I think more likely is that you're going to see that tr- that 71 become 75. 
Well, look at, look at what I, so this side by side, kind of giving you an idea of the value that you can pick up now. I probably end up picking up, you know, an, an extra pick unrealistically. Um, maybe the 151 is unrealistic. Maybe that one kind of goes away, but you still add the 113 in there. And then the, um, mm -hmm. so I ended up with what? One, two, three, four, eight picks. You had yep. the native six. So I have two additional picks. Is that worth five spots? I don't know. It depends on if you're happy with um, Isaiah Spiller over Sean Ryan. Mm -hmm. I think you are because you really like Spiller. Um, I like Spiller. I just, I don't want a running back in that spot. I want an offensive lineman. I want this team to stop having this, the, the terrible offensive line that that's, yeah. No, if you can years. convince me that Sean so, Ryan's our starting left tackle of the future for the next eight years, absolutely. I think he is. Um, I think he's and he, he's a he's a guy who can't who can pass block and has great feet, but you watch his tape and he is a mauler in the run game. So I think you put the two things together and you're like, all right, I, I can roll with that. Um, especially in Seattle. So that's you get a yeah. starting left tackle at 40 and not yeah, have to no, pick I'll, it in the I top would be, 10. I would be tickled. I, would. I think you have to do it. Yeah. I but would he's also a guy, be tickled with, with Spiller, too, just yeah. because I know the impact he would have on the team first year. I also don't know the re how realistic it is that Ryan fell to 40. Mm -hmm. I did not. I mean, I mean, like I said, a lot of you, you see mocks where he goes as high as like 14. Yeah, I've seen. Um, I've, I ran about eight simulations this morning, and half of me was there. You know, there were half, uh, you know, where other players, you know, would occasionally fall as well. It's just the nature of, of the, the mock draft simulator, or whether you put it in to be strict or aggressive or, mm -hmm. um, you know, a little easier on the trades or whatever. So um, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun either way. Anyway, I was go, I was go strict and then realistic. Um, so that way yes. it, 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 um, it stops me from ending up with, um, you know, crazy drafts where you get players that are ranked in the top 10 down in the fifties and, you know, trades where you, you Correct. basically double your draft capital. And that's, that's not helpful. That's not, that doesn't help us um, learn about, you know, the value of players and where they're going to go and any of that stuff. So I always paid it, put it on the, the most stringent, strict um, difficulties and then roll with it and see how that funny. You did eight simulations this morning. I did one. Uh, oh, you I did. did. I did do one last night um, yeah. that I that I hated mainly just because I was uh, I was looking at all of these players that I hadn't scouted yet, and I was like trying to go through and 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 scout on on the run as I was doing it and uh, losing track of where I was in terms of in the draft because I'm too yes, busy you right. know looking at tape and and that kind of stuff and I'm like you know I think I I think I ended, the one I ended up like three offensive tackled because I forgot that I had picked one earlier and instead of thought I was, Oh, I, I was going to get that defensive tackle. And then I changed my mind and got an offensive tackle and then started looking, you know, researching my next pick and forgot that I'd made that switch. Um, so there was that. And then to this morning I ran one, what was much more like, let's just roll through it, draft the players that I know research only a couple. Um, and this is what I ended up. With, so, which is also part of the reason why there's no trades. Cause I'm like the, the yeah. trade aspect of it just, all right. And, so and what, is a lot of crazy. What we need to do is we'll come back once a month. So we'll come back once a month. We'll do a mock. 
We'll throw it, it up there. Yeah. Why not? Well, you know, because by the time we get to May or, you know, at the end of April, we'll have, it'll be, we'll, we'll be 5.0 by then. Okay. It just feels like I'm like, God, only one a mock a month. Uh, which I know normally for our show, we usually do one or two. We do um, one. We did, but, we do the mock draft show. Yeah. The big mock draft show. But this is, yeah. this is a different year. We're not, the team isn't playing into January, um, you know, late January there. Um, we've been talking about the future of this team now for a month and yes. it's just a different year. This, yeah. this, this, the team's bad. It's not good. Big changes are coming one way or another, whether it be um, coach quarterback, both neither, but then a ton of the supporting cast. Um, so, big, so here's big what we should do. Coming. Here's what we should do. This, this, this one is just kind of for practice, but we should have two more prior to the, combine okay so the combine this year is march 1st i think is like the you know the thursday mm-hmm. at the beginning of the combine kind of a thing so in january february we need to at least have two more at least two more so that okay. way we have a post combine mock which will mm. be like the the kind of the the standard bearer there until the, the official draft nfl draft because you know things change after the the combine so you've had oh, the senior yeah. bowl and the combine to 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 have that data added to the mix and um and so your mock drafts tend to, to become fairly s- steady at that point you know for the yeah. most part anyway um all right let's get out of here fun show thank you it's better than talking about the, the team in the season <laughs> so we'll get back to that next week um okay so follow keith on twitter at mares nfl i'm at nwc hawk the show is at hawks playbook seahawksplaybook.com is the website you can find us on your favorite podcast app and youtube and make sure you subscribe so until next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.